Hey everyone, welcome back to episode five of the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. Today we are so excited to have another podcaster join us on this episode. Today we welcome Jason Day, who is the host of the Church Leaders Podcast. On that podcast, they interview different church leaders from all over the country and even all over the world just about the things that are relevant within the church. He's also been a pastor, so he has a lot of leadership experience, and he's currently an executive at a company called Outreach. He has met with many different leaders from all over the world, so suffice it to say he has a vast wealth wealth of knowledge. I know for me personally, I always enjoy talking with Jason. If you could see him in person, you would know that he talks with his hands a lot. He's just a very fun, dynamic, and very outgoing individual. Now that John Mark has gotten off his soapbox and he's done kissing up to one of the executives at his company, I can jump in and tell you that this conversation with Jason was really a delight just because it's our first conversation that we got to go in-depth with another podcaster who's been doing it for a while. And his experiences with churches around the country is really something to take a look at because whether you're religious or not, churches are a great source of community and they really can show people a thing or two on how to build your community and just be in touch with the people around you. So if nothing else, take his experience on that and use it within your own community to drive impact there. You're not going to want to miss what Jason has to say about leadership and mentorship and truly how that impacts your life. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Jason Day. Endeavor to challenge yourself every single day. Engage with your community. Effect change and produce impact. I'm John Mark Radspinner. And I'm Brent Sabati. And this is the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We have the conversations that young professionals should be having but aren't. Hey, Jason, thank you for being on this episode of Attitude Check, the Business Leadership Podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We kind of just want to start out with an icebreaker question, something fun. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Ah, one superpower. It's funny. I just had a conversation to my daughters, my twin daughters, yesterday about this. We were talking about this because we were actually summiting a 14er. So they're 14 years old. It was their first 14er. They wanted to do a 14er when they were 14. So we had this conversation as we were walking and hiking back down because we were so tired. And my one daughter said, if I had one superpower, it'd be transportation. Um, no, teleportation, teleportation. Transportation is not much of a superpower. <laughs> so, yeah. so teleportation because she's like, hey, we could just teleport down to the bottom of the mountain. You know, we've already summited it and we'd be done. And she said, or if you're traveling around. And so I thought about it. I said, you know, teleportation would be cool. But if I could have one superpower, I'd want to be able to fly. Because teleportation would be nice just to bounce from place to place. But just the idea of soaring through the clouds, I think is pretty cool. So I think, I think flying would be kind of just my quick off-the-cuff answer. I know if I thought a lot more deeply about it that there's probably plenty of other superpowers that would be a lot more uh, beneficial in life to have, but let's just go flying. We won't go any more philosophically deep than that. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're the host of Church Leaders Podcast, and you're also the vice president of mobilization at Outreach. Tell us a little bit about your experience both as a podcast host as well as in what you do in your executive position at Outreach. Yeah, definitely. So as a podcast host, it's just a lot of fun because I like to talk and I like to, um, I like people and I like to learn new things. So um, every week I get to interview some really cool people um, from across the country, around the world. And they're people that are, you know, doing something, you know, something to really honor God and they're doing something significant for, you know, in the church world, in the, in the kingdom, uh, which is a lot, lot of fun for sure. What's cool about the podcast is I get to talk to a lot of people 
that would be, at least in the church world, you know, kind of household names. So, you know, recognizable people. But I also get to talk to a lot of people that, you know, they're not really recognizable, yet they're doing something really meaningful, right? Uh, we get to kind of hear their story and kind of share their story. So I absolutely love doing that. I love, like I said, I love people, very relational. I love having conversations about, you know, cool things that are going on in people's lives, meaningful things, significant things, and how that can be encouraging to others. You know, just like your podcast, you know, this podcast is something that can help encourage people, maybe challenge people, right? And so I love doing that. So that's a ton of fun. And that's that's kind of the podcasting deal. As far as vice president of mobilization, uh, my role is really to focus in on ministry initiatives, um, larger ministry initi- initiatives, you know, like nationwide type of things. Like right now, I'm in the midst of Back to Church Sunday, which uh, is every September. It's kind of a big, you know, a big ministry initiative, encouraging churches to reach their communities. As VP of mobilization, I have the opportunity to travel the country. I speak at different conferences. I do workshops, you know, coaching pastors, those types of things, helping create content here at Outreach around a lot of different campaigns and ministry initiatives that we're a part of. So it's a ton of fun. I love I love what I get to do. Uh, so my, my history is that of a, a lead pastor for about 20 years. God just opened the door for me to, to come on board here at Outreach and kind of take what I was doing in a local church and help um, other local churches, you know, kind of step into those same types of things and impact their, their neighborhoods in a very positive way. So it's very rewarding. Ton of fun. That sounds amazing. How did you get into that? What made you decide to become a pastor, a leader of people, a shepherd of people? Mm-hmm. And then how did that transition into outreach? Yeah, so I never had any intention whatsoever of becoming a pastor. Not in the least. I had no like pastors in my family. It's not like I had a grandfather who was a pastor or anything like that. And I did gr- grow up in the church for the most part. You know, from late elementary, probably, you know, through middle school and high school. But I was a very driven individual and I had my life kind of planned out. I was uh, going into medicine. So that was my plan. I went to um, to college, was studying pre-medicine. I was accepted to medical school. That was, you know, I had everything lined up the way that I uh, wanted it to come together and the way I thought it should. But really, for me, my journey, God had some different things in mind. And so through my my relationship with God, I really sensed that my life, the trajectory of my life was going to kind of move in a different direction. And so that, that wasn't easy, as you can imagine. You know, you do a lot of work to move in a particular way. But for me, I was I was kind of controlling. You know, I said I was driven. That's a nice way kind of saying controlling, right? So I tried to control, you know, my life as much as possible. And I had to come to, uh, to a place in my life where I kind of gave up a lot of that control and just trusted God with, you know, what was next and how he was, how he was leading me. The funny thing is, well, I think it's funny. In retrospect, it's funny. But my my wife now, so Monica, so we've been married 23 years. We got engaged when we were in undergraduate school. Her father was a pastor and she never, she was like, I'm never going to marry a pastor. So we're engaged and she's thinking she's marrying a medical doctor, right? And she's excited about that. And then lo and behold, she ends up stuck with a pastor. So that's just (laughs) kind of a little bit of irony there. But no, so, and it's interesting because whenever I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, let's do this ministry thing. I didn't know really what the next steps were. You know what I mean? Because I'd never given it any thought, never thought that was the direction my life would go. Like I had it all planned out, medical school, residency, you know what I mean? All that. But now this is like a whole new world. So I, you know, had some conversations with, with other pastors, had some conversations with some professors and just kind of started feeling my way through it. And just, again, going through this 
time where I was still, you know, moving forward in life. I was still, you know, still driven, I would say, but I just wasn't trying to control the outcome of everything. So I was, I was giving everything my all, but I wasn't trying to somehow figure out what the end result would be. And that was a great time of stretching and learning for me and, until ultimately I, um, I had a church reach out to me and um, invite me to come on staff with them as a youth pastor. Honestly, initially, I, I turned them down. I said no, even though it was a cool opportunity. <laughs> and um, I just didn't feel, I just didn't have the peace about that, you know, taking that, that step. And it was uh, a few months later, they reached out to me again and said, you know, we, we still, as we're kind of processing through, looking for a, a youth minister, we've talked to other candidates, but we keep coming back to you. You know, would you at least consider coming out and, and meeting with the teens? And, and, and so, and they knew what they were doing. So my wife and I, we, we went out there. We just really felt at peace at that point. And so I became a youth pastor, which was awesome because being a youth pastor, you get to um, really just pour into young people's lives, which is just a super cool thing to do. And you get to <laughs> you get to drag them along on all these crazy things that you want to do, right? So I'm a guy in my 20s and, you know, love the outdoors. So, you know, whitewater rafting, snowboarding and skiing caving and, you know, hiking and all, all these fun things. They, they extended me a lot of grace and, and uh, we had a lot of fun, uh, but saw some really significant things happen in young people's lives. And so very, very rewarding. From there, just really felt that God, I mean, there, there's a lot to this story. I'm not going to go through it all, but just felt God transitioning me from youth ministry to being a lead pastor, which I never in a million years ever thought I would ever be was a lead pastor. And um, and then God just kind of took, took us on a journey across a few different states, a few different churches where we led for many, many years. Uh, it came to a point where uh, we felt, um, I just felt like God was saying, there's kind of a new season for you. Jason. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And so we just waited patiently and God opened up the, the door for us to come on here at Outreach. There were some other opportunities, um, but again, just didn't have a peace with those other opportunities. Um, but it was just kind of a really cool story how, how God made it really clear for us to be here at Outreach. So stepped on and have had an absolute blast with the team here. So yeah, that's that's how that all happened. That's definitely a major kind of left turn you took while you're in college, you know, you have your, your soon-to-be wife and about to go into medical school. That couldn't have been an easy decision to uh, make that change. What are some of the things that you kind of did to reconcile with yourself that this was the direction you needed to go down on, this was the right direction for you? Yeah, Brent, that's a great question. So for me, I, you know, I came to, to a place where I just, I just knew that I wasn't, I guess the easiest way to describe it was just at peace with going to medical school and becoming a medical doctor. As much as I wanted to do that, I just, there was just this thing. And, you know, I, I don't want to sound hokey or anything because it is, I mean, it's very, it was very true. It's part of my life experience, right? But I just knew within that that wasn't the direction that I needed to, to go down. And it was hard. I mean, it was one of the most difficult things. I mean, at that point in my life, it was probably the most difficult thing I'd ever faced um, because I worked hard, you know what I mean, at my studies. I worked hard at all that. And and I was, you know, really kind of focused in on that. And I could see how my life was going to unfold. And I had to come to this place where I really uh, wasn't sure how it was going to unfold. And that was that was scary, especially when you're getting married, you know what I mean? And so suddenly you have responsibilities, you know, it's not just you taking care of yourself, you know, and, and living life. So I, I did do something. And I'll be honest with you. At that stage of my life, you know, the more I look back on, the more I, I understand how clueless I actually was. I don't even know what prompted me to do this, but I did this and I'm glad I did. And you could apply this to any, you know, any industry, 
any any career field at all. But what I did is I was I was kind of wrestling through this and, and preparing, like you said, to make this pretty significant switch in my young life, I went and set up meetings and appointments with other pastors, you know, other other people who were in ministry. So that's where I felt like I was being led to, you know, go. And so I set up a bunch of meetings. And most of these people I had I've never met before, right? I literally just went and looked them up and said, hey, can I set up an appointment to come and talk to you? And I went in and I sat down and I asked them, tell me about your experience coming to the place where you became a pastor, right? And I I listened to their story. I let them share their story with me. And then I told them, you know, this I'm I'm wrestling through this. I appreciate your time and anything you can do to kind of help me as I'm sorting through this. So and like I said, I think no matter what you're doing in life, I think there's value in seeking people out who've already done it, right? I mean, it kind of, it, it makes sense, but all too often, I think, uh, and I don't want to speak for everyone in their 20s, but I know me in my 20s, I tended to think that I could figure most things out kind of on my own. And so that's why it's almost surprising that I took that step and went and met with different people to hear their stories. And that just helped me get a better grasp of understanding as to how other people kind of navigated that in their own lives. And what I was experiencing, you know, whatever it is that you might be kind of feeling led to, that you're aspiring to become, I think it, it's very helpful to find some other people who've already traveled that path and to sit down with them, to ask some questions and to listen and allow them to to share their experiences. Because it's always nicer, I think, to learn from others and, and what they've gone through than to just try to figure it out on our own. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I came to make that, that decision. Honestly, it was, you know, a lot of soul searching myself, but then reaching out and talking and having some conversations with others um, who've already navigated that. And for all of our listeners, that's something that's super important. It's interesting realizing how willing experienced people are to just share what their story is, especially with someone who's young, eager, and looking to just learn about an industry, whether it's being a pastor, whether it's being a financial advisor, whether it's even being a manufacturer, right. they're very willing to share their experience. You get to hear a lot about that industry from a lot of different people and figure out if it's something that you want to do. It's awesome that you are intentional about seeking that out. Awesome. Yeah, I think it. I think one of the things you said there is when you that that people who have experienced it, there is, I know for me now at this point in my life, I enjoy hearing young people who are like you guys, you know what I mean, who are at that place in your lives where you're, you know, really seeking like, what is the trajectory of my life? You know, I love, I love talking with people who are at that place. It's it's exciting for me. It reminds me of when I was at that place and all the things I've experienced, you, you begin to see not only the, the, you know, mountaintop experiences, but the valleys, the dark nights, the difficult things, all of those, you know, are kind of redeemed in a way because you can share those experiences with with others, you know what I mean? So I think that's such a key thing. And I really encourage um, your listeners to not be fearful, you know, of asking people who have had some experience, you know, have, have already traveled down that road to reach out and ask them if they'll sit down over a cup of coffee or if they'll take some time to chat with you. Um, because I know for me, that is something that, man, it encourages me, you know what I mean? And it fires me up as well because they're, they're there are times whenever, you know, I love what I get to do, but there are times when it's like, it's work, you know what I mean? So there are times when things don't come together as quite the way I'd hope they'd come together for a particular partnership or project that we're working on. And so there are times when, 
you know, you can kind of be a little bit down or maybe a little bit cynical or a little bit, you know, whatever it might be. And so whenever younger people are reaching out to you and asking you to pour into their life, you know, it's, it's, it's energizing, right? So it can, so I think that the whole idea of mentorship is so good for everybody involved. You know, I mean, that's what, that's why I think it's such an important piece and something that, that we miss out on so many times because it is good for the mentor and the mentee um, equally, right? So how would you go about seeking out that mentorship? What would you suggest? I would suggest, I know everyone's wired differently. So for me, I just literally looked up these, when I was looking for, for someone to talk to, I just looked up these people and reached out to them. You know, some people may not be as comfortable doing that. If you are comfortable doing that, by all means, jump on LinkedIn, find people who are, you know, doing what you're aspiring to do and reach out to them, message them, see if they'd be willing to um, have a conversation, even if it's just over messaging on LinkedIn. But a lot of them will be willing to, you know, pick up the the phone or jump on a Zoom call or something with you. If you're comfortable doing that, do that. If, if you're not as comfortable doing that, um, really just keep your eyes open. Because there are people in your life right now that, and they may not be in exactly what you, you know, want to be doing with your life, but they're people who have some wisdom and some experience. You know, they've, they've traveled that road. You can learn a lot from, from mentors, even if they're not in the, the exact same field that you're in or you want to be in. So always be kind of looking. I think that's one of the things we get caught up in what we're excited about. We get caught up in what the next steps might be for us. And so we kind of put our head down and plow ahead. Um, but I say, you know, keep your eyes open. Be looking for people that are already in your, you know, sphere of influence in some way. Someone that's connected to you, connected to your family in some way, connected to, to some place where, where you are, whether it's your school, your church, your, you know, whatever civic organizations you might be a part of. And and that's a good good place to find mentors as well. You know what I mean? Put yourself out there. Get engaged in your community. Because um, in your community, you know, when you start to, to volunteer and start to be a part of what's going on in your city or your town, you're going to run into people who are prime candidates uh, to be a mentor, right? Uh, because they're involved and they're engaged as well. So that can really open some doors. So either just boldly go out there and look for them or just kind of look to see who's already connected to you in some way or get involved in some some movements within your community, some, you know, whatever it might be, some committees or some councils or, you know, every every town has something going on in it. And if you can get involved in something like that, you'll have the opportunity to meet people that, you know, you wouldn't expect. And those can become incredible mentors for you. Yeah, and I've actually come at it from both sides of the coin that you were talking about. So I've gone on LinkedIn. I've messaged people that I had some sort of connection with, but I never actually really talked to them. And I've gotten a lot of good information from them. Talked with people pretty much all around the country. There was one lady that worked at a consulting firm in Boston that I got to talk to, and that was an incredible experience. And people are just so willing to, you were talking about, hop on Zoom, hop on a quick phone call, and just share whatever value they have. And on the flip side, I've also gone out into the community, gotten involved. I met one of my mentors doing that, and he is an awesome man. I know a lot of other people have, have met mentors that way as well. Yeah. And John Mark, that's so good because, you know, one of the things that I've seen in you is that you do, you know, kind of step out. You know, I mean, you you do kind of take that initiative. And I think that's one of the things that, that we've got to remember. We can't, can't just expect mentors to come to us, right? And say, hey, you want to be mentored? So you've got to kind of take that initiative. And I, I think that's key. And I think that's important. And I think we just need to like accept that we all have permission to do that, no matter how young or how old you are. You know, all of us need mentors in our lives. And we all have permission to take some initiative 
to try to connect like you did in the community with some people because you probably had no idea exactly what relationship would come out of those things. But you put yourself out there, you got engaged, you got involved. And man, you know, you've got some really, really cool people in your life that are willing to pour into you now that you otherwise would never have bumped into more than likely, right? So so that initiative, I think, is one of the things that we've got to keep in mind. We can't just sit around and wait for it to come to us, right? And I think a lot of people, when they're seeking out mentors, they don't really look at what's right around them. For example, me being recently graduated, some of my mentors came from you know, my college professors. Those are people who are obviously there to not only teach you from a textbook, but a lot of them are more than willing to take the extra time to tell you more about their field and their experiences. So even if you're not comfortable with reaching out to someone on LinkedIn, there's usually, like you mentioned, Jason, someone around you already that is willing to put in that effort and really help you take the next steps to wherever you want to go. Exactly. You know, it's funny you say that, Brett, because one of my great mentors to this day was one of my college professors many years ago, and it has remained a mentor to this day. So, I mean, exactly what you're saying, you're 100% right. And that's a cool thing about mentors. And even even whenever, you know, geography, you know, there's that distance geographically between you and your mentor. You know, as, as life goes on, you know, you're not always necessarily going to be around the college you graduated from, right? You're not always going to be around that professor or that professor, even if you're in town, that professor might move on to another university or, or wherever it might be. But to just stay in contact and, you know, there are those times when, you know, there's a lot of life being poured into one another, you know, and then there are times where it's just kind of checking in and just, you know, encouragement or you come up against something challenging or a question or something you haven't faced before and you can reach out to to that mentor or a couple of mentors that you have in your life and just put the question out there and say, hey, this is new stuff to me. This is kind of the direction I'm going. I would love to get your input. And, and sometimes I'll tell you what's cool, and I've been on both sides of this, is that sometimes as a mentor, you don't always have the answer to whatever it is, but you can kind of be present with them through that situation. And sometimes just having someone that you can just like vent to or just like share what's, you know, the burden that you have right now or, you know, whatever you're facing, sometimes just being able to, to share it with someone who whom you trust and know that they're listening and that they, they care. And they may not have the answer um, at that time for that specific thing, but they're there. And I think that is something we don't want to overlook when it comes to that mentoring relationship is just that, you know, really kind of that steady presence. That's that person you can reach out to whenever whenever you're celebrating, you know, something awesome happened, you know, landed a big client or a new promotion or, you know, got a, a new position with a new organization and they can kind of celebrate with you. Um, or whenever on the flip side, you know, you're going through something difficult, something challenging, and you can reach out to them and just know that they're they're still in your corner, right? They're cheering you on. They're going to be there for you. And uh, they're there to encourage you. So, And I think kind of the theme of what we've been talking about is that you have to actually put yourself out there, even if it's like talking to random people or going into the community, going into your sphere of influence and finding that person. You have to put yourself out there and be willing to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and share with that person. For me, that was something that I had to do. And as an introvert, going (laughs) out into public arenas is very difficult because I don't really like talking to a whole lot of people. But it was good at the same time because in doing so, I was able to meet a lot of awesome people. And I found my mentor through doing that. Putting yourself out there is really important. And just having people along for the ride, not necessarily talking to them every day, like what's your what's your pro tip for the day or right. what what's your sagely wisdom that you're trying to pass on to me. Just having someone along for the ride, understanding what you're going through, I think is really 
underrated when it comes to building relationships and having mentors and uh, yeah, just developing yourself as a person along with people. Yeah, without a doubt. So Jason, we, we all have failures in life. So tell us about time of one of your biggest failures and how you came through it and what you learned from it. Yeah, failures, not a lot of fun when you're in the middle of it, right? I know that as, as a young leader, whenever I've been responsible for other people on my team, there have been times when I failed them as as the leader they needed in the moment and at the time. You know, I've assumed, hey, they've got this, they can figure this out. And then I just kind of move on with all the other things that I'm busy with and then fail to realize that, you know, they needed someone who would kind of help walk them through what they were facing. And I'd say that's, I, I wish that had only happened once or twice, but over the course of, of my uh, career, it's probably happened um, a handful of times when I've had someone on my team that I just I just didn't really recognize that they really needed me to, to, to be more present with them in the midst of something. And that was a failure on my part. And so I think what I've learned most through that is that all of us, no matter where we are and no matter how big or little we might think something is, we always have to think from the other person's perspective. And sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you've got a lot of responsibilities, a lot, a lot of things on your shoulders, to stop and do that, we forget that. And so probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from you know, failing my team when they needed me was that I need to slow down. I need to realize that every single person on my team is an individual. They have their own their own life outside of the organization. They have family or whomever within their lives. They have all these things going on. And and just to kind of slow down and understand that the organization will will continue to do what the organization needs needs to do. But if my team, my people, my leaders within that organization, if they don't feel like they're being listened to, if they don't feel like there's someone there to kind of walk them through or just encourage them, then it's a failure across the board and it impacts it impacts everything in the organization. So I, I think that's kind of that key is as you're developing as a leader and as you're gaining responsibilities and as you have people coming onto your own team, because you, you will more than likely, unless you just become a solopreneur your entire life, you know, you're just running it yourself, more than likely you're going to have responsibility. People are going to be entrusted to you as a, as a team lead at some point. You just need to slow down. You need to think about their lives. Don't brush things off. Don't feel like, you know, the big picture is more important than all the little pictures, because the big picture doesn't happen without the little pictures. Take the time to invest in your people, to listen to your people, and to encourage your people. So that's a huge thing that you touched on regarding you know how to overcome the failures you have in life. Just making sure you take a step back to look at the smaller pieces of the puzzle and making sure those are aligned before you jump back into it or kick yourself too hard for not doing things as perfectly as you could. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we're going to go into some of our bullet questions, questions that we like to just run through and take little glimpses of value from that. Recommend to us one resource that you think is useful in your everyday life. It could be anything from media to, you know, your fancy new toothbrush or anything that might help you every day. Oh, that's good. So I would say there are a handful of apps that I use every day, no matter what. And some of them are, are social, obviously, kind of the big ones, Instagram, Twitter. I'm big on Twitter and in LinkedIn. But also I'm, I always use uh, Uversion, which is a, I mean, that's a, it's a Bible app. So um, that's a big part of my life, obviously. Uh, but then Evernote, I'm a huge Evernote guy. Evernote is my extra brain. I, I put 
everything in there that I, I need to ever get back to at some point. I also use it for brainstorming sessions and those types of things. So I just have different notebooks set up, you know, topically. And I can just dump things in those notebooks and then review them. Um, I also use Trello as far as um, kind of time management and really priority management for me. Trello is a, a, a great tool, I think. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a visual tool. So you can uh, slide, you know, cards around into different lists. So if it's tasks that are kind of ready or projects that are ready for me to dig into, or if it's things that I, you know, kind of am going to tackle that day, things I'm presently doing. And then also I like it because things that you finish, you know, I, I, I move the cards over. If you know what Trello is, it has these little cards that you can make for every task or, or whatever you're working on. But I move them all over as I finish them. So then I archive every week basically everything that I've done for the week. So it's great for reviewing as well. So I'm a big review guy. So I like to review what has been accomplished over the past week and then what's coming up for the next week. And so and for me personally, that's the best tool that I've found to help me do that. What is one of your favorite books, fiction, nonfiction? Uh, it's a rough question for me because I read a lot. <laughs> I mean, when I say a lot, a lot. So I read probably two to four books a week. So favorites are always hard when people ask me that. I would say one of my, um, one of my favorites is a book entitled The Call by Oz Guinness. Just super powerful, kind of help you sort through you know, kind of your direction in life. I'd say that's probably probably one of the key books in my life. Um, I like I like some fiction. I don't get to read as much fiction as probably I'd like to, but I do read fiction to kind of unwind. One thing that I do, and this isn't going to be specific on books, but one thing I do is when I travel, I always like to get some a book about wherever I'm traveling. So it might be it might be a nonfiction book about the history of, of that particular country or that island or wh wherever it is I'm going. Or it might be a fictional book, you know, that's that's got good reviews about, you know, it takes place in that setting. And that's always kind of a fun thing for me over the years um, to have done that as I travel different places. So that's some great advice. I'm definitely going to have to keep that in mind for my next trip. Well, awesome, Jason. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Just share one parting piece of wisdom and then the best way to connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Um, parting piece of wisdom. I would say that one of the key things as you're looking to um, just kind of take your next step in life is to always remember that your life is something that is always unfolding. I think oftentimes we get stuck in destination thinking. Um, you know, we're thinking about where we want to end up and we overlook the awesome, amazing, cool things that are happening right in our midst. And, and, I would say probably every bit of advice that I, I really try to encourage people with is to, again, kind of slow down and look around you and see the cool people that are a part of your life at that time, the cool experiences that are around you, the cool opportunities that you could step into and enjoy that and live fully in that, knowing that that is going to help carry you um, in those next steps of life. But don't get so focused down the road that you're missing out on what's right in front of you. So you can connect with me. Probably the easiest way is on Twitter. Uh, I'm on there a lot. So it's at Jason Day. And there's an E on the end of my name. So I'm not Jason Day, the pro golfer. I'm Jason Day with an E on the end. So you can connect with me on Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, other social. You'll find me on, on that. So that's probably the easiest way to connect. Awesome. Thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast, guys. I appreciate it. And this is John Mark. And I'm Brent signing off. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. We had so much fun talking with Jason today and gaining his insight 
on not only the world of podcasting, but his experience as a leader in the church community, uh, not only in Colorado Springs, but across the nation as well. Be sure to like our Facebook page to stay up to date with all of our future podcast guests and episodes, and also subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast hosting platform. Be sure to check back every first and third Tuesday of the month for another awesome episode of the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We look forward to having you back next time.